0: Welcome to the Mount Hummer podcast, episode 102. Hello from me, I'm Mel, and hello from Elle, that's you.
1: It is, hey, (laughs) how's it going?
0: It's good, yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's going a bit crazy, isn't it? We're on deadline. We definitely didn't, or I definitely didn't just have a massive flap over our (laughs) uh, previously less than stellar equipment, but our lovely friends at Total Film have um, lent us some lovely new mics, so shout out Total Film, they're the best. We love them. You're the best Evs. Uh, The 80s issue of Metal Hammer is out right now. We've got a great response to this online. Thanks, everyone, for your support and uh, sharing in the 80s nostalgia with us. All the bands, the songs, the albums, and the stories that define metal's greatest decade comes with a, a free and exclusive 80s art poster pack as well and a very exclusive Carpenter Brute compilation CD compiled by the man himself and featuring exclusive artwork that he went and got commissioned himself as well. You cannot get this mix anywhere else in the world except with the new issue of Metal Hammer. Uh, tinyurl.com slash buyhammer to get it online or tinyurl.com slash findhammer to find your nearest store in the UK. Go get it. It is brilliant. Uh, and speaking of brilliant... We went to a few very uh, different uh, gigs this week. Shall yeah, say. I feel
1: spoiled, actually spoiled. I know,
0: it's. Bit, it's I'll tell you what, I can't remember a, a start to a year where there's been so much good stuff going on in terms of shows, big shows, small shows, intimate shows, arena shows. Um, you went to see Sabaton, Play and I can't believe I'm about to say this a sold out Wembley Arena.
1: I know, I think it's still blowing some people's minds because I saw I after the fact, it fact. There are loads of people going, How have Sabaton sold out Wembley? I didn't know this show was happening, etc. Yeah. etc. Et you know, absolutely but the incredible. people inside knew it was happening, let me tell you.
0: <laughs> so, uh, obviously, Sabaton headline Bloodstock not that long ago, which it kind did, of yeah. makes it even more impressive that they've then kicked on to headline Wembley um, a few months later. Um, how are the supports, first of all? Amaranth in Apocalyptica, was it?
1: Yeah, so I just made it in for half of Apocalyptica. I didn't get there for Amaranth. And Apocalyptica, from what I could see, people were really enjoying it. Um, It did seem to me like, because they had, obviously, all um, their cellos, and then they had a drummer with them. And it did seem to me like the drumming was quite overpowering and you couldn't always hear them playing. So when I got in there, I was a bit like, this is quite a weird mix I guess it seemed like slightly weird but um I think the fact that they are so different really sparked people's imaginations and everyone was getting really into it they played Hall of the Mountain King which they've done before and that sounded really cool in Wembley Arena or kind of like Hall of the Mountain King's being played in Wembley Arena this is weird and then they did Nothing Else Matters to close which by far and away it was the best thing they had just really sparse percussion on that so the strings could really come to the fore and it just sounded a lot better and everyone was you know waving the lighters in the air and it was one of those moments so so were they on first no they were second so i missed amaranth and i got there and just saw a little bit of apocalyptica at the end so yeah i just kind of came in as they were doing um doing the last couple of songs,
0: really. Doing their thing. Yeah. So how do a band like Sabaton go even bigger than headlining the UK's most metal outdoor festival?
1: (laughs) It was just really impressive. (laughs) I wasn't at Bloodstock this year, although you were, so you may have seen the show before. But they came on with Ghost Division, and there was just a ton of fire and fireworks from the very beginning. And they had a big screen at the back that was showing the band members playing and they were overlaying stuff on the top. So various textures related to war or battlefields or um, just the logo. Sometimes they just had the Sabaton logo and it felt like being in a film and legitimately felt like I was in some kind of, you know, those interactive experiences you get like where it's war of the worlds or whatever, where you go to a place and you go through different rooms and you see things and they kind of bring it to life. It was almost like being in the Sabaton experience. It just felt it like more than just some people on a stage playing a songs. So I was like, what is happening? There was like a lot of people save their flames until like, the end. And they just didn't. They just had <laughs> loads of pyro from the very beginning. And um, <laughs> yeah, it started off with Ghost Division, which is obviously a banger. And then Great War. Massive tune. The title track from the last record which is really kind of rousing. And I can't think of a better couple of songs to open your Wembley set with. Like that feels like bringing out the big guns at the beginning, obviously, even though they've got a ton of other tracks people like, but Mm -hmm. those two songs are amazing. Um, So, um, this is a bit where we say, do you call him Jerickim?" <laughs> 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 because we had this conversation and yeah. he said he didn't really mind what he was yeah. called. But um, Jerickim. I'm not sure. He came on in uh, like a gas mask and he had like a tank on his back and he had a coat and the tank on the stage. Do you know what's funny as well? I should briefly just talk about the actual sets. So they had like a big screen type thing at the back. And then they had loads of barbed wire all around the mm. back and loads of sandbags. So yeah, it was yeah. like the front. So that's similar
0: to the Bloodstock set.
1: Yeah. And then they had... I didn't even notice the tank for the first couple of songs because that's how much fire and light there was. I literally didn't even notice that there was a tank. And you know going to see Sabaton, there's going to be a tank, but I didn't even notice it. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, I had, sort of had a look around, could see the tank. Um, and he came on and... um yeah, he just kind of addressed the crowd, and the crowd were going like absolutely mental. And he was like, it was literally like a standing ovation is the only way I can describe it. After two songs, it was literally like everyone in the seats was standing up, everyone on the floor was in raptures, and I've, I, I can't remember seeing a reaction like that mm-hmm. at Wembley for ages. Like people being excited is one thing, but people were really, really, really excited, and then. The screaming and the clapping like just went on and on and on. And you could tell they looked obviously happy about it, mm. but maybe even a little bit taken aback. And he was like, London, I don't know what to say. What a great welcome. We'll be playing great songs and some shitty ones as well. Would you like that? And then everyone just went nuts and it's <laughs> like, well, we'll play some extra shitty ones. Yeah. So that was good. Um Nothing
0: was not self-effacing that.
1: <laughs> so yeah, they did the Lost Battalion um a load more flames and visuals of flames and then uh he walked over to again i hadn't even noticed this there was like a plane on the stage and he was like oh i'd forgive you for thinking it was a small plane but it's actually a hammond organ (laughs) they start playing like acdc on the hammond organ and um then they sort of did a thing where they got the crowd to chant ikea um, as a, sort of a bit of a joke about um, getting us to sing a traditional Swedish song, but has not knowing any Swedish. That was quite funny. Um, the Red Baron sounded amazing. That's off the new record as yeah, well, a great, a great War. It well. was really good. And they had, like, um, the word higher, like, on the screen, um, and everyone was shouting higher. And, yeah, at one point, like, they were all kind of standing at the back in a line and just, like rocking out at the same time like the guitarists in the way where that can come across as like really cheesy but it just really blended in with the show um and then yeah jericho was talking about how they played the uk for the first time in 2006 and then came back in 2007 as a headliner at the purple turtle which is mad because when you think about that that was an old london venue that doesn't exist mm-hmm. what was that like a couple of hundred people um just a little venue in camden that people would just go to and just kind of show up to see if there was a gig on. I mean, and the first now time I saw Sabaton, they
0: were uh, they were th- opening up a bill at the Astoria that was then Dragonforce and Ed Guy. Yeah. In like 2005 or something. Yeah. Like, it's absolutely crazy what this band have done.
1: And then they were saying, you know, they're sort of doing a bit of a speech about vindication. They said, people told us your music is never going to work in the UK, and everyone went boo <laughs> and then they said but it's sold out thanks to you and everyone started going sabaton 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 and it was like yeah it was just the, the enthusiasm like i said was I, I was actually really like blown away mm-hmm. and then they got Apocalypse on which was cool to so do a set of songs with them oh, no. so that was really nice because it just added that kind of extra texture and it felt quite epic definitely having them on there. suits their music as well. Yeah, it definitely suits their music. And you, you're kind of like, oh, it's a shame they couldn't sort of always have people on stage doing that. But that was amazing that they'd made that work with Apocalyptica. Mm. Um, yeah, there was a lot of singing along. Uh, and then Joe Kim was like, it's Saturday, so we better cut the short because you're all going to church tomorrow. <laughs> and everyone was like... That joker. Everyone was like, no, we not going to church. That
0: was quite funny. good good bants at this at this gig it (laughs) It sounds like good
1: bants and then yeah they just had like a ton more explosions um primo victoria which obviously like by that time everyone was like literally in raptures and that's obviously one of their big songs um bismarck which sounded really good considering it's just a song about like a big ship
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's how they teach that part in history I think but uh,
1: everybody was like Uh, Bismarck
0: was a big ship move (laughs) on next
1: everyone was really down for that and um, Jokin was like there's usually a dip in energy but I've seen nothing of that from you my friends and it's true like he was just acknowledging the fact I think that the atmosphere was so crazy awesome Um, uh, yeah they messed around a bit more he sang a line of Katy Perry I kissed a girl and I liked it
0: it's not something I think I ever need to see (laughs) but good on him for that
1: they did Swedish pagans and um, yeah, it was just it was just a mad show. Um, I don't really know what I was expecting. I mean, I knew, like I said, I knew they would have a tank and I knew that it would be big and that they would bring some pyro. But really just the strength of the production and the fact that it did feel like going to some kind of experience or cinema did take me back a bit because it was just really captivating. Mm. You couldn't help but look at all time. There wasn't one time in the set where... I was thinking, uh, like I was bored. There wasn't yeah. one time when my attention was wandering because I was just taking everything in really. Because there was so much to look at.
0: Amazing. Um, I, heard, I heard. I heard last night. I think they brought seventeen trucks of, uh, well, seventeen trucks with them. Did they really? And um, I heard apparently they might they might have had to hire their own ferry because of uh, <laughs> really? getting worried about. Um, stuff to do with brexit and everything else there's a lot of uncertainty with border crossing and everything else so they literally just brought a ferry over to like host everything over well we know actually from previous features
1: with sabaton they have this ethos where if they can't make something happen that they want to happen they will just do it themselves Mm. that's the whole reason they've got the sabaton cruise um they've done various events in the past like the sabaton festival which they made happen because they just, yeah, they will just go out for it and they'll just make it happen themselves, which is really admirable. You know, you don't get from a small venue to Wembley without putting the effort in and really working hard. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously what they've done. So much respect to them. It was honestly like, I was watching people around me. There were groups of friends like all singing together and like everyone knew all the words. And yeah, it was so impressive. Absolutely amazing. I think, I think, really impressive. I think,
0: um, you know, there's a people uh, quite um, almost proudly overlook bands like Sabaton, and, and I think Nightwish come into this category as well. Where people are like, how are we going to get these metal bands up to arena status? How are we going to get these metal bands to, you know, d- like following the footsteps of legends and getting to a certain size and all the rest of it? And meanwhile, there are actually bands out here doing it, and they're doing it by playing. I mean, the least fashionable, cool in absolutely like, quite marks like. Uh, kind of even kind of metal you could ever play. Totally, I think I think it's absolutely amazing what they're doing. Well, we
1: talked about Five Finger, didn't we? Doing well yeah, the other day that, because yeah, that was similar kind really of as well. Really. Really. And they work really hard to get where they are, and they're managing to play these big venues. Um, I think with Sabaton, it seemed like um, on par really with that. You know, you can kind of watch them and you think, oh yeah, these guys could play Download. They've got a dedicated following and a massive show. I think with Sabaton, the reason why um maybe it felt to me like a little bit more unexpected or special was because I hadn't seen them do like a show of that scale before and I think because they've got the war concept they really leverage that with the props they have on stage Mm. and the things they do because they can really sort of milk that concept Mm. for lack of a better word and have a a Lot of creativity and fun with that as well,
0: yeah, definitely. It's, it's amazing considering it's wars, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> they do, do manage to, they've cultivated something that. very special, and uh, it's going to be fascinating to see where they go from here. I, I was told that Per was backstage, um, telling people that they never want to play Wembley again because they never want to have, they only want to go bigger and bigger each time. So, fuck knows where they can go from here. But I mean, Per's I the driving factor
1: it. as well, he is the one who does take these ideas and make them happen and is really dedicated to it so they would not put it past him to do something crazy
0: we back it um on uh, i was going to say a more intimate level but actually in terms of bands coming out of left field and suddenly doing big things and surprising everybody um we went to see the who at the electric ballroom last night um el's talked about them uh, on the podcast before we've done quite a few bits with them in the magazine I of course saw them at the Mongolian embassy a while back yeah yeah um,
1: the ambassador was there last night actually he
0: was yeah I didn't say hi um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know him. Uh, but uh, I thought you were gonna say you can't speak Mongolian no that that as well to be fair um, but yeah it's my first time seeing them and um, even before they came on stage I mean I've like we've both been going to the alleged ballroom for well 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 over a decade it's kind of I think we've said before it's kind of become like a testing ground for a lot of bands in the way that the Astoria was in London back in the day. Like a lot of bands that are right on the edge of doing something special often will play there as a bit of a a testing ground. Like bands like Let Live went through there and While She Sleeps went through there um, and there are various others. I have never seen that venue as packed out as it was last night in my life. I go there for sold out wrestling shows as well. I go see Progress Wrestling there. And that's always, a that, that sells out straight away when they do that there. I've never, like people were like, double backed onto the the like the balcony up the top like the, the, the yeah. balcony at the back people were like standing yeah. on the tables and chairs at the back of there you couldn't get near into that main kind of actual in front of the stage bit yeah um, it was just absolutely crazy and, and it, all for a Mongolian folk metal band uh, and really the metal was kind of incidental to what they do but it was it was I'd say 90% metal heads that were in there
1: yeah totally and like you said about the crowd like it was the same with Sabaton people were so engaged I saw people doing throat singing we saw people having a group hug afterwards i'm looking a bit teary there are people literally jumping up and down on the spot
0: yeah
1: um because i think everyone recognizes this is something really special you know this is a band who have come from a country where metal isn't a dominant form of music coming Mm. over to another country like here where metal is an underground scene but what they're bringing is so special it's getting so much recognition um, and everyone you could tell everyone there was just really really hyped to see something different because they're so different they play horse head fiddles they are two percussionists there are eight of them on stage I know. and they play Amazing. this music that's inspired by rhythms of horses and all kinds of things and it just sounds Lots of chatter so... about
0: old Genghis Khan
1: yeah Genghis Khan it sounds so different because It's playing that kind of heavy rock music with those classic rock rhythms, but on all these different instruments. And it's just something that only they can do. You know, they just create this vibe and this sound and this aesthetic. And it was really impressive, quite hypnotizing.
0: Absolutely amazing. (laughs) And, you know, people were like so excited to be there and um, so kind of... um, you Know just stoked on the occasion of it all
1: exactly that it was like when I tried to see them at Download last year, and I just couldn't get in the tent. Mm. It's the same when I turned up to the electric ballroom, ballroom last night, I was just trying to find somewhere where I could catch a glimpse of them. Mm. Um, they'd need to do bigger venues yeah. soon, they do.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's just I, I, I was you know, I was blown away, and um, you probably know the songs better off the top of your head than I do, but um, they they definitely back loaded the kind of bigger tracks, because there's a couple yeah, they of tracks they've put out there that have really blown up online and the videos have millions of views and it's got millions of streams on Spotify. And, I, and as I was watching it, I'd kind of forgot that that they'd had some quite specific breakthrough singles Very that big kind hits of started, YouTube, yeah. Um, and then when they went into a couple of them, everyone went fucking mental. Yeah, I was just, I was like, we were up on one of the balconies looking down on it, and the whole crowd suddenly just went and <laughs> started like moshing. Yeah, and people were getting on shoulders, people were dancing. Like it was just
1: this singer was bizarre. great as well. He was like throwing his arms out, wasn't he? And going, "Let's yeah, party, baby! It. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Just such a good vibe and. Um, like, I don't know, I think underestimate this band at your peril, because if there's anyone out there that's thinking it's you know it's a bit of a gimmick thing or it's a bit of a flash in the pan thing, I'm not sure it is, you know, it's because not. people are really into this band. They are really into it. Um, and yeah, it just feels like some of the most interesting things happening in and around metal is stuff that isn't actually really metal. Mm. So it obviously goes to the, one of the biggest things in our world at the moment. And they've got kind of less and less heavy as they've gone on to the point that they basically put out a pop album last time out. Um, Twin Temple, really exciting. They're doing like do what music. The synthwave movement is really exciting. And that's not metal in of itself either. Um, and now you've got stuff like this, uh, which again, you know, there's some stuff in there that's very driving and rock oriented. But it's, you know, most of it's not really like you would call it strictly metal music. No. And yet, it's completely capturing everyone's imagination. It's really fucking exciting.
1: I think it's that sort of just shared attitude, isn't it? Yeah, Band, bands it's all doing some, yeah, bands all doing stuff that is individual and different and exploratory. And so, all these things can come under the same umbrella, even if they haven't got exactly the same sound. Definitely. I'm so excited to see what they're going to do next. Yeah. I'm so excited to see them in a bigger venue. Yeah.
0: Don't let anybody tell you metal's in trouble because there's a lot of exciting stuff out there right now, and it is happening on every pretty, pretty much every level, and on every corner of the globe as well as it seems. We
1: should probably say as well, if you don't know the Who, it's H U. It's yes. not like yeah, the, just in case you've been like listening to this the whole band. time and we've really <laughs>
0: thrown you <laughs> like, well, their the stock's gone H-U, down. H U. Don't Um Rage Against the Machine have officially announced their uh, their full dates for uh, across Europe and the US, including Reading and Leeds. Pretty mad. What are your thoughts on this and maybe more so the reactions? Because <laughs> <laughs> I had a hilarious night coming back and reading them.
1: Well, I'm obviously excited about it because I love Rage Against the Machine. Um, but the Reading and Leeds lineup is not the natural home for <sighs> a band like them in 2020. You've got like, who else on the bill? Slow tie. Run the Jewels, one of your favourites. Stormzy and Liam Gallagher,
0: the other two headliners.
1: So basically, they put the announcement on Twitter, didn't they? And then all these people stormed in saying, who are rage against the machine? I don't want to watch these goths. A demographic (laughs) that I've since learned is called Dark Dark Fruits Fruits. Twitter.
0: (laughs) 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 Which is a bit snidey, but it is quite funny. Um, uh, And so, yeah, uh, this is, I guess this is what happens when you book a fucking amazing, but also, uh, you know, a, a, a... a heritage rock bands who haven't recorded an album of completely original material in well over two decades. No, I know. A lot th- of people won't have heard of, heard what they do.
1: Not only that, but a completely different style of music. Yeah. There so are, they are, are rock bands bordering on metal band. You know, it, well, we've had this discussion, haven't we? Because I would always class them as sort of metal, but technically it's kind of rock. Yeah, I like we were just like we were just. But there saying, are heavy really, bands. The yeah. heavier end of rock music. And it's Rage Reg- Against the Machine. You know, twenty years ago fair enough, that would have been a booking that matched the rest of the bill. But now it's like completely at odds with it. But like you're saying, Dark Fruits Twitter, according to Urban Dictionary, that's what a group of lads who drink Strongbow fruits. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 quite basic. Get smashed. Yeah.
0: And go and watch Rage Against the Machine, apparently. Or not. But yeah, it was, I mean, uh, one of the things I've learned is that (coughs) a lot of people still don't know what a goth is. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) um, uh, Alice, uh, who's normally on here, um put together a really funny thing for online so if you head over to the Hammer website you can see some of the most ridiculous reactions and you know it's all in good fun you can't really expect um everybody to know who rage against the machine are when they've just not been on the scene for so long but also it's quite funny seeing people just completely lose the plot because they wanted. Uh I think Travis Scott was the thing a lot of people are after. But I'd love it if the he's cool.
1: I'd love it if you all just came on in eyeliner or wearing black clothes and DMs. Yeah.
0: Almost certainly not gonna happen. <laughs> uh some new music out this week as well, or last week actually. It came out just after we did last week's episode. Um New Lamb of Gods. Did you yes. hear checkmate?
1: I did, yeah. Did I couldn't hear good. it at first because the website kept crashing and I was like, oh, Is yeah. this an indication of something to come? Like is it you know traffic so strong? Everyone wants to hear the new lamb of God. I thought it was cool, it's really lamb of God y,
0: it's very lamb of God, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I kind of feel uh, about that. And Nightwish put a uh, song out this uh, recently as well, Noise. Um, I kind of feel like both of those are very solid uh signposts for you know, we are these bands, this is what we do. Absolutely, we haven't yeah. gone completely yeah. out of the box, but I'm also hoping they're not totally. Uh, representative of the album. I'd hope to see, hear more and see a bit more from yeah. something a bit, a bit different and, um, you know, something just a little bit more on the albums, I think. But it's a solid enough starter for me. I
1: was expecting with Lamb of God that they'd probably go into politics on this record because they are quite political. And with everything that's happened in the States in the last few years, I thought they might go down that road. And I do like the sort of the American scream refrain. I think that's really cool. And... um you know, make America hate again. It's like Lamb of God are pretty good at doing sound bites at the end of the day. Um, and there's some good ones in there. So I think there's going to be quite a lot of anger on the new record, Definitely which no,
0: I welcome. Very excited about it. They've also announced a massive tour alongside Megadeth Trivium in Flames that's heading across North America uh, later this year. That's going to be massive. Uh, Code Orange put a new video out as well. Just before s- you say that, actually, can I just pause you? Because I just yeah. want to draw
1: your attention. We obviously just talked about the new Nightwish song, Noise, but you do have to watch the video because it's absolutely... Yes, there is a video. I haven't actually watched it yet. No, it's mad. Okay, so it's all... Noise, the song, is about kind of being on your smartphone and the noise in social media and society and all the rest of it, which a lot of bands are talking about now. But the video is classic insane Nightwish. There's Thomas in an insane hat. There's Floor wearing... insane hat. Well, you have to watch it. I can't describe it. There's Floor... Wearing a big dress that's like a cage that a child is trapped in. There's literally a child trapped in her dress. Sure. And there's band members in these big baths of black tar, basically wearing fetish rebreathing equipment. And if you don't know what that is, don't look it up at work.
0: I was just going to say, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I let's, thought I was fairly well versed, but apparently not. Let's just say... rebreathing. just Yeah, quickly.
1: let's just say there's a hose that is attached to okay, your... Okay, I do know what that okay. is, yeah. All so right. anyway... Okay. I, didn't
0: I, I didn't know it had such a <laughs> civilised name, to be honest. <laughs> wow.
1: But honestly, you can't just hear the song for this. You can't just hear the song, you have to watch the video, because okay. the video... I will do that. It's literally just like Alice in Wonderland goes... Torture Garden. <laughs> yeah, goes critic of social media. I'm like, wow. what is happening? Well, yeah.
0: there, So that's out there. And as well as that, um, it's great. Uh, I've said this before, but it's so great that bands are still out there creating uh, interesting creative videos because I think it's a really important medium still. Uh, and speaking of which, the new Code Orange video is out as well now called Swallowing the Rabbit Hole. Also tons of stuff going on in that. I think the fascinating is banging um, and I think the video looks great as well it looks so like high def and intense and kind of um, weird and like oh, I don't know I, I love it I think it's great it's really
1: cinematic and maybe I'm just drawing something where there isn't anything there but is it a matrix reference for going down the rabbit hole because yeah a lot be. of the aesthetics are very matrix and he's got the long coat at the end And I just wondered, because it's like a mini movie, if there was something going on there.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of shit to unpack. But uh, yeah, you can see all those at Metal Hammer right now or probably on YouTube if you want to skip that particular part of the process.
1: (laughs) Also, Jamie singing now. He's on the mic.
0: Yes, of course. Yeah, that's a really good point. He's now um, they've now got a drummer in who appears to be someone masked. And uh, Jamie's now looking like he's a fully fledged. Frontman, uh, frontman which is very interesting we should probably ask him about that we probably and, uh, should introduce it in an excellent feature in an upcoming issue of metal, <laughs> metal hammer or something hmm? Hmm?
1: can i also say there's a real rabbit in the vi- that video which um i'm totally obsessed with very very important so, information yeah
0: uh, <laughs> album of the week shall we do it Let's do it. (laughs) Let's (laughs) not keep that for the theme tune. That was rubbish. Uh, (laughs) There's loads of new stuff out this week. Um, Anvil, Legal at Last. Uh, We've actually got a big interview with Anvil in our 80s issue that's out right now. Uh, The new Cavelletak album, Split. Um, We're not going to talk about that one so much. But if you have been a Cavelletak fan over the last 10 years since the debut came out. 10 years. For my money, it's the best thing they've done since the debut, easily. They really sound like you want Cavell Attack to sound again after a bit of a weird sidestep on the last record. So definitely go get that. Uh, Isan's new uh, EP, Telemark, is also out. Elle's got a cool thing with him coming up in a future issue as well. Uh, New albums by Necro-Wretch and Godthrim also uh, out this week. Um, But I think the album that's certainly the biggest talking point, at least, uh, is a new one from Suicide Silence. Uh, which is out on Friday via Nuclear Blast, and it's called Become the Hunter. Um, What did you think of the self-titled album? Because it was probably, I don't think it's a stretch to say, it's probably the most divisive album of 2017 it came out, 2018? Whichever year it came out.
1: I didn't mind it as much as everyone minded it, because I'm into new metal, and I was like, at least they've done something different, and they're not doing the same old thing. So I found it interesting but I found it incoherent at the same time. I like the idea more than the execution. Not incoherent, incohesive, not cohesive. Let's go with that. I found it not to be very cohesive. So I was a bit like, yeah, props for doing that, but it doesn't feel to me like it's the most amazing thing they've ever done, and it doesn't really feel like it's particularly tied together.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, You Can't Stop Me was an absolutely awesome record, and, um, oh, God, I've forgotten forgotten what what the album before was called. Black Crown? No. I'm going to do a Spotify thing while I talk. But yeah, I thought the last two records before that were great. I wasn't so sure about the self-titled. I liked the idea. I wasn't massive on the execution, if I'm being absolutely honest. Um, and if you feel the same way, uh, to be honest with you, I kind of hope that they might take some of the ideas of the last record and turn that into something truly expansive and interesting. Um uh, they haven't really. There's a few signs that they've done that. Yeah, it was the Black Crown, by the way, uh, that was out before. Um, uh, you can't stop me. Um, but yeah, there's some signs here that they are. They are st- They have taken like a little bit of what they are doing on the last record. There's a few interesting kind of side steps and some interesting soundscapes and some more kind of uh, atmospheric flourishes that they've got on here. Um, but other, for the most part, certainly for the first half of the album, I'll definitely say it's a Suicide Silence getting back to doing what people know and love them for, which is guttural, heavy, uh, deathcore. And I mean, when I say deathcore, um, the first song, Two Steps, is, is pretty much just a straight up death metal song. Um, and it's one of the best songs on the album as well, I think. Um, so it, yeah, it's very much Suicide Silence as we know and love them. Um, it's It's hard to know how much I guess their hearts are in this album because Eddie was so intent on pushing them in this new direction and really flying the flag and going, this is who we are now. This is what we're doing. And so in some ways it feels like a slight step backwards, but at the same time, I definitely like it more than I did the last album. So it's one of those weird things where they probably had to compromise some ambition in order to kind of find themselves again a little bit. Um, but there's like i said there's some cool interesting stuff on there um i like i really like the song, the song skin tight with the very memorable refrain of i want to wear your skin um <laughs> i want to wear all of your skin excuse me um, yeah you don't want a piece of it yeah definitely um, uh, and the, i think i feel like there's a little bit of a code orange vibe on that track as well like those little kind of off-killed uh, um flourishes of like weird ambient noise and all that kind of stuff um it's, I mean, it's almost more of a hardcore track than a, than a deathcore or death metal track, Skin Tight. So that's quite an interesting one. Um, God, there's loads of good stuff on there. Uh, the riffs on Death's Anxiety are absolutely huge. Again, as always, there's riffs all over this album. Um, those kind of really big, juddering, meaty riffs that um, are such a staple of uh, most of their work so far. Um, Eddie's vocals are... Absolutely unbelievable. That you know, again, it's probably a bit less variety than there was on the last album from him. But he is really is one of the best in the game for those low guttural growls and those high end squeals. Um, there's all that kind of stuff on here. Um, yeah, I think there's loads of good stuff going on. Like in in hiding, has some cool melodic bits on it as well. Um, yeah, there's the, the, and as I say, as the album wears on, I feel like they kind of draw out more of those left turns and more of the kind of influences they kind of hinted towards on, uh, well, not hinted towards, embraced uh, full throttle on um, on the self-titled. So, yeah, it's, it's a hard one to, to kind of gauge in where it sits for me in their canon because I loved where they were going and where they were at when Eddie joined. And then I loved the ambition of the last album, but I didn't like the execution on this one. It feels like they have played it a bit safer for the most part. But I think it's a it's a really solid record, and um, they've definitely thrown some little extra bits in there as well to kind of still expand their sound from the deathcore template a little bit. Um, yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like this album. I think it's good. I think it's uh, time will tell if it's what they needed to do. Um, But I hope that it can kind of continue um, their determination to kind of try and push themselves and push the envelope a little bit. Um, And I knew that I do know that we also have talked to them about these very subjects that I've approached and uh, we'll be bringing that up in a future issue as well, won't we?
1: We will. So (laughs) keep your eyes open and buy Metal Hammer to read more.
0: Buy it to read more. But yeah, Suicide Silence, Become the Hunter, Out Front of Air, Nuclear Blast. And um, I think basically whatever era of Suicide Silence you've liked and whatever Mm -hmm. you thought about the last album, I think it's worth your time because there's just enough different stuff going on there while still keeping it. Uh, with a lot of the me and potato stuff of what they've always been very, very good at. So shout out them. Um, reader questions from facebook.com slash Metal readers. Uh, Rob Lake asks, how many bands... Do, I think we might disappoint Rob here. I think we might too. <laughs> how many bands do you and the rest of the team at Metal Hummer interview or see over the course of the year? And then he adds, and I meant unsigned bands. So, uh, the answer to this is that, um, you know, we go to, we do go to a lot of gigs over the year. We've already been to quite a few this year. Um, but really, as much as we'd like to be kind of in, uh, you know, every bar and toilet club venue um in the capital seeking out unsigned bands all the time. The reality is, is that that is kind of where you have to rely on a lot of your freelancers and your kind of ground level tastemakers to, to, um, you know, be there for you to do that. A lot of our time involved in Metal Hammer is of course, physically putting together the magazine and making sure that we are on hand on uh, the kind of bigger shows that go on, um, because you know a lot of people want to know what we think about it, and it's important for us to make sure we're we, we're there to see how bands are doing and um, and what it means for the scene and everything else. So, not as many unsigned bands as we would like put it that way. I think the last time I saw an unsigned gig um, is any time I've been to some of the the very decent Bloodstock Mail to the Masses shows, which we try and get out to a couple of each year. Yeah. So one of them.
1: I agree. So yeah.
0: So as Rob, we're not. Uh, we've we've. uh lost some true points with you there yeah. apologies <laughs> <laughs> but um you know as always if there are any unsigned bands that you really think we should be all over um at us on twitter or tell us on the facebook group and we will make sure that we uh, we get them covered uh, mark baker asks is it enough for bands to just write good songs anymore or are the theatrics theatrics and gimmicks needed for bands to take the next step so he's obviously thinking of people like ghost and parkway drive and yeah, oh, it. it's a
1: tough one isn't it because I don't think gimmicks are needed but I do think having something that you can use in a performance helps you basically like ghosts have got so much religious imagery they can draw on and they've done loads of different kind of horror related stuff and it's easy for them to build a show around their characters and their aesthetics and their themes Partway Drive really stepped up in the last couple of album cycles, and they've taken inspiration from Ramstein. They brought in loads of pyro, so that's got them noticed. So I don't think you need theatrics because obviously, you know, you can you can just work hard and get somewhere. But I do think it helps. Um, but you need good songs as well. Like none of those bands would be any good if they just came on and had some fire and just sounded like crap mm. and had rubbish songs so Definitely. Don't know, it's balance, isn't it it's a mixture of both I think so a I good mean, show and good songs if you
0: look at the bands we talk about that are making waves we've just talked about the who and, and code orange on this podcast and you know the who okay the who are very different and they probably have uh, an appeal based on that a little bit but at the same time that's not really a band relying on like hokey gimmicks so much as just doing things that represent where they come from they literally
1: um, just came on stage and played their instruments yeah exactly so just did it really well exactly
0: um and you know code orange they they are there are no kind of gimmicks there really that's just a band that played scintillating heavy as fuck hardcore music um, and that are pushing that genre in new directions and they're a killer live band then there's no reason why both of those bands couldn't go on and do good things uh, meanwhile you've got Twin Temple who look absolutely amazing and do do what music they could go on and do good things so yeah as Elle said it's all about the mix um, but I definitely think
1: know. it can help kick you up a notch in terms of venue size and how much attention you're getting mm-hmm. um, I think at the
0: very least, you need a vision of at what it's like if you if you think you might find yourself headlining into five thousand people in a couple of years time, you you need some kind of vision of how that's going to look. And if yeah. you can do that, playing exactly the same kind of songs, playing exactly the same way you are now, some bands can do that. Some, some bands, bands can, can Yeah.
1: Some bands can literally just come on, like you said, with nothing and just play, and it's great. Yeah, totally.
0: um, Going back to Sabaton, Adam Turner says after seeing Sabaton at Wembley on Saturday, don't you think it's time they became a huge act in the UK? I think you could argue that they are. Uh, and perhaps even be considered as a future headliner of downloads. Could you ever see Savaton actually doing downloads?
1: Yeah, totally. After really? seeing them at Wembley, yeah, completely. Wow. Yeah. No I think question.
0: I would love to see it. I don't know what the exact metrics that would need to happen would be that wasn't a very good (laughs) sentence i don't know exactly what they what boxes they'd have to tick to officially be considered in that capacity but i would love to see it happen
1: yeah i mean it's sort of i've always thought of them as quite niche in terms of appeal just because they are so focused on songs about Mm. war but having seen them do such a big show um i would say yeah
0: yeah i mean i think in those in the the pantheon of bands that people would a lot of people are making arguments for for downloads but kind of don't seem to be in the conversation properly. You kind of got Alter Bridge, Five Finger Death Punch, and I would say Nightwish and Sabaton. And it'd be interesting to see if any of those bands can break out of that. I mean, to me, Five Finger are the band to do it out of all of them. But it'd be interesting to see if any of those bands can break out of that sub-headliner, main stage kind of status.
1: Five Finger definitely have that sort of wider appeal of yeah, totally. You know,
0: and they're kind of they've still just got a little bit of edge and kind of you know, still a bit of that danger on stage about them, which is always good. Uh, And speaking of power metal, Marco (laughs) LG asks, why is power metal so poorly followed in the UK? Bands like Rage, uh, that's obviously power metal Rage, um, that in the continent receive praise from all quarters, here barely get a mention. Disgust. I just Mm. think Europe is, to be totally honest, I think Europe is a bit more earnest and um heart on sleevey and kind of embraces you know and I don't say this is an insult but embraces the cheesier end of of metal a bit more than we do I think we're all a bit too po-faced and cynical
1: (laughs) yeah I think so too it's like yeah it's uh, some stuff when people from the UK hear it they just think of Eurovision they don't really think of something that they're going to take seriously and watch they just think it's kind of a bit more silly and like you said a bit earnest
0: yeah, definitely. power um, metal probably falls
1: into that category and it's not it's not really ever had like a big platform has it like other forms of metal might have come into favor and fallen out of favor but they've sort of had their moment in the sun and power metal doesn't really feel like there's ever been like a big mainstream power metal movement No, it's I just mean, a it, thing
0: it's crazy that Sabaton are headlining Wembley because that is a band that most people in average walks of life could not name a song by um but they're out there and they're doing it. And we should absolutely take that side of the scene more seriously because they are putting bands in the kind of venues that a lot of the cooler metal generation could only could only dream of doing. Um, so, yeah, I think you might right, Marco. We should all give power metal more dues for sure.
1: I'm going to hold you to that, Merlin, and ask how many power metals you've listened to like by this time next week. I listen
0: to 15 power metals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't mind a bit of power metal. Come on. I, was at, I just told you, I was at, I was at the ground zero for, for the gig that made Dragonforce, Sabaton and Ed a thing. Oh, I, I think saw Dragonforce in more, Milton Keynes once, mate.
1: I think you've listened to more power metal than I have. Yeah,
0: I, don't mind, I honestly don't mind a bit of power metal. I really, really don't. I mean, our first album of the week was Brothers of Metal. So, you know, we're doing our bit, all right? We're trying. <laughs> we're trying. Uh, that's it for this week's show. Thanks for joining us, guys. Don't forget to pick up the latest issue of Metal Hammer, the 80s metal bonanza that is on sale now. Um, I'm not going to be here next week. Uh, I am off um, to Norway to do a little something with uh, attack which I'll reveal more about uh, very soon. Um, I'm also going to the bridge next week, Oh,
1: Are you? How about that? How about that?
0: Going to go scope it out. Um, I don't know if anyone listening to this will want me to review the Brits, so maybe I won't. But
1: I thought you just said you weren't going to be here. Uh,
0: oh yeah, the week, the week after, I'm sorry, the week after. <laughs> We're all going to gonna
1: be on the edge of our seat waiting for you to return. Ooh,
0: but Elle and Alice, no, Alice isn't here either, is she? J- it's just me right now. Elle will just be here talking into <laughs> a microphone next week. <laughs>
1: with <somebody> <laughs> Hopefully with somebody else.
0: Hopefully with somebody else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, stay safe, everybody, and uh, cheers. See you soon. Bye. Bye.